Welcome everyone to Real Life Real Equity with your host Justin and the lovely Keisha Brooks. Say hello everyone. Hello and welcome everyone. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at real equityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. Welcome back, everybody. Today's topic is going to be on mental toughness. We're also going to talk about real estate. Now, I know it's probably been a while since we talked about anything real estate related, but we want to go into uh, a topic that we found to be interesting when we were talking to a couple of friends of ours about just real estate in general, right? Right, exactly. So a lot of people around this time of year, as fall hits, they're considering um, selling their homes. So they're kind of evaluating, preparing, if that's something want to do by the time the springtime comes. Right. So uh, today we're going to talk about whether or not you sell your home or rent. How do you make that decision? But let's start with mental toughness. So uh, Keisha, you were certified personal trainer. Right, correct. So uh, personal trainer, we know a little bit about mental toughness. I've been lifting weights and, uh, and you know developing our bodies for years. Now, what does that mean? I think there's a lot of correlations between uh, fitness and mental toughness. Right. right, correct. So usually a lot of people think that it's all about being physical and you know physically preparing your meals, physically doing the workouts. But right. really, your mindset has to be somewhere in order for you to actually stick to the routine. Right. Make it your lifestyle. Yeah. There's a friend of mine who's a uh, professional bodybuilder, and um, one of the things he said was the toughest part was not necessarily going and lifting weights because we've been lifting weights since we were like 15, 16 years old. He said it was easy to go into the gym and lift weights. The hard part is staying disciplined when you're tired, staying disciplined through the meal prep, staying disciplined through eating correctly. And so that's a form of mental toughness. But here's the deal. Just like everything with us in real life, real equity, we are all about the real. So when we say mental toughness, we actually want to define what mental toughness is because I think mental toughness can be that airy-fairy kind of term that isn't necessarily uh, well-defined very often, right? Right. So to define mental toughness, it would be getting out of your comfort zone. Right. One of the things we learned when we first got started in real estate was how to get out of your comfort zone. We regularly and often get out of our comfort zone. And so the more you get out of your comfort zone, the better off you'll be. Uh, the reason I came up with this topic, I was watching a video uh, that talked about Warren Buffett and how, you know, everything happens outside of your comfort zone. And I remember him talking about how he went to Toastmasters. Oh, okay. He went to Toastmasters and he was talking about how his knees were knocking behind the podium, but he did it anyway. Wow. That's a very powerful statement because that is what getting out of your comfort zone is. Mm-hmm. I've heard many times people say that all the results and all the success you want is found outside of your comfort zone. Right. And so we have to regularly get out of our comfort zone, which is a form of mental toughness. And how do we relate that to exercise? Mental toughness is all about 
exercising your mind. Right, right. You have to stimulate your mind first. You kind of have to reset yourself because a lot of times if you're raised a certain way, you're used to a certain thing. That's so good. you're within your comfort zone. So as you get older, you know, you kind of have to hit the reset button and go into a different area of your life in order to build yourself mentally. Okay. So let's really correlate this to exercise. So we all know when we go to the gym, there's what's called a rest day. Yes. So you go to the gym, you work out really hard, you work out maybe arms and legs or something like that. You work and then you rest them. Right. It's the same with mental toughness. Mental toughness is an exercise that you do daily. Right. Right. So you're, you're physically resting, but you also need to mentally rest your mind. Right. So vacations, I think America is one of the least vacationing countries in the world. Yes. I heard that statistic, but successful people say they don't go on vacation just to go. They go on vacation to reset. Right. That is what we're talking about. When you get out of your comfort zone regularly, it is the ability to reset your mind that is going to be the most beneficial thing to your growth. Okay, so how do you actually engage your mind? How do you get out of your comfort zone? How do you build mental toughness? Like I said, it's an exercise. And so uh, being able to build your mental toughness over time is what it, it is. It's not about one big massive change. Right, exactly. Everyone has the choice to make it an instant, but it still takes time to change. It's not a quick process. So when we start talking about engaging your mind and exercising your mind, getting out of your comfort zone and building mental toughness, instead of getting this chocolate bar, I decide to eat a granola bar. A granola bar, yeah. You know, it's something small or a protein bar. Mm -hmm. It's something small that you start off with, something that's not too hard, but it's just hard enough for you to think about, right? Right. So even for myself, one thing that I do to engage my mind is to journal or meditate you know, exactly what is my goal. Um, considering that um, I will have four children here soon, my biggest goal is to not get over a certain weight. So right. mentally, I have been training myself to stay on track as far as good eating habits. But that's a daily exercise. Right, it's a daily exercise, yeah. It's not something that you just decided to do, like, all of a sudden, I'm just going to journal all I can for three or four hours, and then boom, I'm done. No, I got it's it. every day. It's every day. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. Uh, Darren Hardy talks about the compound effect. It's the little things that you do over time that make the difference. It's not the big thing you do once, right? right? Exactly. But That's where people fall off. Yeah, but there there is a component to this because I'm a big fan of massive action. So it does take a certain amount of momentum to get the change started. You just you have to say and do the thing in a massive action kind of way, right? You have to train yourself for the big day, honestly. Right. Yeah. I believe it was Aristotle. He said, uh, you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act, right? Right. So do it consistently so that you can become the habit of what you've been practicing. Right. Exactly. Okay. So talking about mental toughness and talking about getting out of your comfort zone there's a level of emotions that play into this right right exactly. there has to be a an emotional change that happens a lot of our decisions we make happen at the emotional level first mm-hmm. so one of the things that yeah Keisha and I we all were always talking about is emotional intelligence right right emotional intelligence essentially and i got this definition from the internet so essentially it's the capacity to be aware of and control or express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships empathetically right being able to go where somebody else is feeling and to grow. It's, it's, it, and then not only that, in relationships, it's just about when, when you're doing your thing, mm-hmm. are you 
emotionally strong enough to handle what you're going to put yourself through. Right. Exactly. You don't have to be strong mentally in the beginning. No. At all. Yeah. You have to, it's baby steps. You have to literally, absolutely, you know, train yourself just to get to that point. Right. Um, Emotionally, like he was saying, a lot of people, you know, they react instantly. I, I say this all the time to my daughters that, you know, even if this is happening, she takes your toy, watch your emotions, like literally how you react, that's your outcome. Right. You know, so you have to really think the process through. If you react, you know, so quickly, that's what's going to take place. I agree. All right. So uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit and we want to talk about real estate. Now, obviously, real estate is like for us, it was the way we got out of our comfort zone. It was a way that we became stronger emotionally. Definitely. Here's the other thing. Before we before we switch topics completely, your personal development is all exponential. When you go mental toughness, your mental toughness is exponential. Mm-hmm. You could be practicing mental toughness over and over again for four, five, six, seven years, and then all of a sudden, you go out and do this thing that five or seven years ago you never thought you would do. That really makes me think about the fact that everyone knows Justin is now a veteran, but he started in the military, but we moved around state to state once he got out of the military and thinking about that now he started in one state as a realtor you know and from that point we moved to another state and then he progressed you know to the next steps to becoming a real estate investor during that whole time i'm sure you you may agree with this you were probably building your mind up to this point absolutely before i ever bought a piece of property i had already been reading books for three or four years Mm -hmm. like just because i didn't know and i knew that being in the military i wasn't free enough to do what i wanted to do go where i wanted to go uh so you know i waited right and that's the same way with this this podcast i waited we waited i mean Mm -hmm. it wasn't one of those things where we just did something right we waited for a very long time before we ever put ourselves out there because one of the things that our mentors tell us is be good and when you do something you need to be good okay all right so now it's time for the educational tip of the week and so this week we are going to talk about depreciation all right so why depreciation so depreciation is a real estate rental friendly tool now uh, there is depreciation in other things, but since we're talking about rentals, we thought real estate depreciation would be a perfect fit for the topic. Okay, so uh, real estate depreciation is a process in which you deduct a certain percentage off of the value of your home year over year for IRS and tax purposes. Okay, so so rather than taking one large deduction that you purchase or improve the property, your depreciation distributes over the life of the loan. Now, depending on when you listen to this, right now it's 27 and a half years. Hmm. So you take whatever your property value is improved in land, and land actually, as of right now, and of course, whenever we start talking about CPA and tax stuff, always consult your tax advisor. Yes, this is just do. an educational foundation. Uh, so again, when you go talk to your, your team and your CPA, you have something to start with, okay? With that being said, You can use depreciation as a form of what we like to call in the real estate world, phantom cash flow. It's cash flow you don't necessarily see that's more for tax purposes than it is for cash flow. So basically, whenever you're doing your federal income tax on your 1040 return, you record your rent and all the expenses on a Schedule E. A Schedule E form is an IRS form. And then the net gain or loss is recorded on your 1040 form. 
and could essentially shield your income from taxes if you had a loss. Uh, one of the biggest expenses on your Schedule E, though, is your depreciation, which is why we wanted to talk about that today. And that was your educational tip of the week. All right. So by the way, if you want to continue to receive information like our educational tip, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Simply go to our website at realliferealequity.com. You can submit your email and name and you'll continue to get the information on a weekly basis, including updates on our podcast. So anyway, switching topics to uh, real estate, because I know a lot of people have asked us, when are you going to talk about real estate? When are you going to talk about real estate? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about real estate today. So how do you know when to sell or when to rent? And what I mean is, so if you own a home and you live in your home, how do you know if you should sell it or rent it? Right, exactly. And so that's, it's really more of a it's up to you kind of answer, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm going to give you some some kind of some clues to, to think about, some things to think about whenever you start to make the decision of selling versus renting, okay? Yep. So what do we consider an asset? We defined asset a couple of weeks ago as what, Keisha? Right. So we define asset as something that puts money into your pocket, whether you work or not. Right. So with a rental property, is the rental property going to put money into your pocket whether you work or not? Right. Yes. With good property management, with uh, the right team in place, it could work. We talked about the team before, mm-hmm. so we're you know this we're building right. Right. Exactly. We're building on the on the subject. So, anyway, uh, so how can you tell if your property, the house you live in, is a great property? So let's just take your house for example. There's something in real estate investing called the one percent rule in rentals. If your value of your property or the mortgage, we'll take the mortgage value, we won't take the actual value, we'll take the mortgage value of your property. If you can get 1% of the mortgage value for your property as rent, there's a strong possibility that it would be a good rental property. Now, there's other things to take into consideration, but a quick analysis, 1%. So let's use a real life example, $100,000 mortgage value, Mm -hmm. it rents for $1,000, might be a good property to do. You have to do other things. There's vacancy rates and there's, uh, you know, rent rates. And then there's uh, expenses that are related to the property. Uh, there's the actual mortgage uh, note. Right. The mortgage note. I mean, I was going to say, if, if you're thinking about selling versus renting, you know, is this house already paid off? Have, right. you, had, have you been sitting on it for a while? Right. You know, what are, the, what are you maintaining currently? So, so, uh, so again, the 1% rule is one way. Uh, then look at, is it, a cash flow or appreciation play. Mm-hmm. You know, there. I, I was enlightened when I read a book uh, called Equity Happens by Robert Helms and Russell Gray. This book is out of print, uh, but I'm going to plug it relentlessly anyway because no matter <laughs> what you pay for it, it was one of the most valuable books I've ever read because it changed the way I thought. Even though some of the, 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 the uh, information is dated, it changed the way I thought about real estate at a fundamental level. Um, so is it a cash flow play or is it an appreciation play? Are you living in, say, for example, California, right. where you are in a $700,000 house, but it only rents for 15, you know, maybe 2,500. <laughs> it only rents for like 2,500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you rent it out for 2,500 bucks a month, but it's worth 700,000. We just did the 1% rule that would actually have been $7,000 for right. rent to make a good property. But... <laughs> We know that California and a lot of the coastal states, West and East Coast, are not necessary, necessarily cash flow markets. Right. 
there are appreciation markets. Mm -hmm. You could go into one of those markets and the properties appreciate 10, 15, 20, 30% a year. Mm -hmm. And so are you using your house as a wealth building tool through appreciation? Now, one of the ways you can tell what kind of market you're in is doing just what I just did. Now, all things being equal, that's not the end all be all say all, you know, there's a lot of other factors to take into consideration, but that's a great and a great and, and start. A, yeah, it's a great tool to start with, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, talk about alternative ways to thinking about investing. I've heard many times uh, when people get started in real estate, they say they want to use a couple of real estate properties as a retirement plan so they could have income post retirement. Okay, now let's really think about this retirement plan using a house versus like a four hundred one k. I think it's a very smart idea. It's a real asset. It's something that will last as long as you keep the property up. Right. I'm pretty sure we're never going to have a time where people don't need housing. Right. Exactly. Uh, so therefore, your demand for housing is is and will always be there. It just depends, of course, on the market. Right. And there's ways to shield yourself against that as well. There's other things that you can do. If you take that and you maybe uh, consider your market as an example. We talked about West Coast versus East Coast markets. Maybe you buy the home and you know it's you're going to take a loss on it every month. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's something that you can afford. Maybe you need a tax shelter. I don't know. You know, it's not really important that I know what your goal is, but it's important to have all the tools and information so that you can make an informed decision. Right. So maybe you take a loss on your property. Instead of you saying, huh, I took a loss on this property uh, at $1,000 a month for five years straight, maybe you can restructure that in your mind and say, huh, I invested in this house in the in a good market with all the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I put $1,000 into my retirement plan every month. Right. I was going to pay out of my pocket into a 401k anyway mm-hmm. at $1,000 or more a month. I just, I'll do it with a real asset instead. Right, right. Okay, so it's a different way of looking at retirement, right? Right. I mean, just when it comes to um, real estate in general, sometimes you got to sit on the property, you know, and just realize that eventually, you know, if you're a numbers person, Justin is very much a numbers person, you know, the numbers can work in your favor. It just depends on how and what your goal is. So Mm -hmm. now let's look at, so how do you make the decision to sell versus rent? Okay, so we've talked a little bit about renting. How do you know when to sell? There's plenty of factors that play into selling, and I think we've answered them, except we've answered them in the form of pro-rental because we're real estate investors, so we love rentals. Um, Mm -hmm. We love anything that produces income, more uh, passive income, right? Right. More dividends. Anyway, uh, but when you are looking to sell, if it doesn't meet the requirement that you're setting out for yourself, maybe mm-hmm. you need cash flow, right? And it's a in a market where you're not going to receive cash flow, and you don't want to put an extra thousand dollars or whatever into the property so that you can hold the property for as long as you want to hold it before you sell it. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe you want the income. Maybe you want the the lump sum from the sale of the the property, or to go out and buy an investment property along with your new home. Right. So you're evaluating your goals you're evaluating as far your as what exactly you're trying to do with this property. And then are you using that for your next property or are you using it for some other monetary um, investment? So, you know, there, and, and that plays into the next thing. So there's a, a few different strategies for actually buying a house, uh, several different methods. There's the turnkey providers. There's the burst strategy by rent rehab refinance. Um, just look at a rental property in a good neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, with good fundamentals. And you analyze the property and you buy it. 
Right. There's several different ways, and I'll run through really quickly what each one means. Turnkey is nothing more than having the asset in place with the property manager, and you buy it with that asset already active. Right. So it's already ready for you to to make money, take over, and make and money, make money right. immediately. That's that's the goal of a good turnkey provider. There's ways to optimize cash flow, but not every property is a great property. But then again, it's also dependent on what you want because we just went through a reason why maybe taking a thousand dollar hit a month might be good for you. Uh, and I say taking a thousand dollar hit, maybe it's taking a thousand dollar and you're investing it for the long term. Right. You know, so, uh, but then there's also the burst strategy. I know there's a lot of people that were talking about the burst strategy, uh, a few years ago, the buy, rent, rehab and refinance. That's kind of how me and Keisha got started buying real estate. We'd buy a house, we renovate it, we refinance it and, or we'd rent it and then refinance it out. Right. And so there's a couple of things that are very popular about the strategy. One, you can buy an asset below its value. Mm -hmm. You can rehab it. And then you take whatever the rehabbed value is and refinance it out against another mortgage. And many times you can have a small amount of money that you make. It's not going to be all of the equity, but it'd be a small portion of the equity. You'll get a little money in your pocket and then you'll also get the rent money from the cash flow and you can build these things however you want. Right. And then you'll get your money. So you see that I, I'm actually very pro the burst strategy. Well, and you can do it over and over and over again. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then the, of course the old fashioned way is to just go out and evaluate a property. There's plenty of uh, ways to do that. But uh, again, going out, looking at the neighborhood, looking at the, the statistics of the neighborhood, looking mm -hmm. at the market, looking at the jobs, looking at employment, all of those things. Okay. See what's developing around there. See yeah. what's developing mm -hmm. around the area. Okay. All right. So after, you know, discussing those things, um, Justin, what do you prefer? Would you sell or would you rent? Again, like I said before, it's all dependent on what your strategy is, but I'm a big fan of holding my rental properties. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm a big fan of holding any house that I've moved out of. Um, I've, we've done that a couple of times before. Yes. Um, but also, I'm a fan of growing. Right. So if you're growing and you need to move out of the house and the only way that you can get to the next step is to sell, then mm -hmm. do it. So we had a, let's use a real life example. We had a duplex that we had loved this duplex. Great and, area, uh, everything. Great area. We sold this duplex. It was because we, not we, it was mostly me. I was so out of my comfort zone. Goes back to mental toughness. That's right. I was so not mentally tough and it was some issues with the property too. You know, right. we had an AC, AC. issue. Get, don't get me wrong. The last, I think four years straight, I've had AC issues. Mm -hmm. I've had to replace an AC unit on one of my units every single year. Right. I think it was God telling me, ha ha, you thought you was going to get away with that one house you sold. Now I'm going to show you how to get mentally <laughs> tough with these AC units. Right. So I put an AC unit in every house. And That's I evaluate. a stepping stone. That was a stepping stone. It was stone. a stepping stone. But yeah. here's the deal. I sold the house because I wasn't mentally tough enough to keep the house and deal with the AC issues. Uh, now I'm going to tell you what the ending result is. When I sold the house, I was happy. We ended up buying another house. We ended up renovating. It was the biggest rehab budget we ever, had, uh, we ever did. Mm -hmm. um, and we took it like from foundation all the way up through and just a complete rehab. It was a very, very tough process, but it was very, very necessary because of what we were going to do in the future. Mm -hmm. Hindsight being 2020, that house, uh, we bought for what? 176, 178, uh, in a really good market in a really good neighborhood. It was, it's one of the number one school districts in, uh, in the state mm -hmm. after we, Sold the house. We sold it for one hundred eighty-five thousand. Right. 
because that's about what the market could could sustain at that point. At that point, right. Three years later, I actually sold it to a friend of mine because mm-hmm. he was trying to get into real estate investing too. After that point, he sold his house for almost $90,000 more than he bought it for. Mm-hmm. Think about that. To be honest, I needed I needed to let it go mm-hmm. because it helped me grow. And it's now, not like you didn't buy another duplex. It's not like I didn't buy another mm-hmm. duplex. Yeah. I ended up going out buying another duplex. We ended up uh, making plenty of money off of that duplex. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, I was not mentally tough enough to do it. So if I had to answer the question in the most straightforward manner, I wasn't mentally tough enough to keep the house and roll with it. So if you're not mentally tough enough, it's not a bad thing. It's just understanding that you're not mentally tough enough and you can go forward from there. Right. Just like those, remember those distance math problems yeah, where yeah. who gets from, from point A to point B the quickest? Yeah. So <laughs> Same it, thing. It it's a <laughs> and so you just have to go through and do the math. Uh, my, uh, one of my mentors, Russell Gray from the real estate guy says, do the math and the math will tell you what you do. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. In everything I've ever done, I've done the math, and the math has always told me what to do. And when I've gone against the math, in my gut, it's always been a cost to it. All right, so we just want to thank you for listening. Remember, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on the email, info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. There you can submit your questions. Uh, also, go on to realliferealequity.com, submit feedback. You can ask us questions uh, through our feedback section on our website. So uh, until next week, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.